like to think of meditation as a, a program that ends the programs. There's a lot of uh, defective and destructive programs that we get in touch with in ourselves that either go nowhere or go somewhere bad or just go round and round in circles. You know, the programs of the mind, confusion, um, desperation, fear, agitation, blame, criticism, negativity, desperate, you know, wanting, craving, and so forth. And these are all programs too, and they build up and. Uh, Hopefully in a meditation we've been able to kind of find places where some of this stuff can get unhooked, where you can switch it off, where you can open it to something wider and vaster and recognize all that stuff you know, that so often seems so kind of overwhelming and galvanizing and driving and, and uh, incredibly shamefully intimate. <laughs> It's just the program. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you, can, you can come out of it. You can be bigger than you, than you dread you are, bigger than you think you are, bigger than you imagine you are, bigger than you hope nobody else knows you are. <laughs> but I know. <laughs> yeah. So I think one of the uh, helpful things about even just, just this looking at this situation very broadly is, is you build up a kind of not just the fact you're just doing practice but also you've got something you trust you've got a context that you can trust you've got something that's really even a little bit bigger than your own right now motivation you know your motivation maybe to get here get sat and then you get a sense of oh well, right nice quiet place open place, place I trust, place I know place that reminds me of Refuge, and there's a lot of other people sitting here. So it's a kind of what often we need is something that reminds us uh, to come out of our of our small programs, of our little current daily grind, our, off our little track that we're on into something a bit bigger. And certainly, the presence of other people, you know, sitting here, just recognising that just like me, you know, probably. All of you are right at that very moment looking for something to pick up, something to attend to, searching through what's the right place to go, where's the right place to attend. You have this manasikara, you only saw manasikara, something that searches for where's the skillful place to put my mind. That's a program. You know, where do I, what do I attend to? Is it breathing in and out for you? Is it loving kindness? Is it spaciousness? What do you, you know, you find something that you trust and you you attend to that, just like me. And just like me, you probably start with that and then your mind slips off. And it goes with its little run around for a while and you go, oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> and just like me, you come back again. Or you drop it and you sooner or later you come back again. And just like me, you think, oh, right, here we are again. That was silly, wasn't it? And then just like me, you lose it again. And there's a, a lot of the uh, sense of just even recognizing in this kind of, you know, the basement of the practice, there's something that gives us confidence because you recognize actually none of this is a real personal thing. It's just, this is all just human programs. This is what, this is what they do. Um, and just having that different view, you know, a different view. So it's no longer my drama. It's the drama, which is which is 
a few inches cooler than my drama. <laughs> Just the drama. You know, it's nothing to make, really make a big, a further big deal out of. So we don't have to pick up a whole kind of lacer- self-laceration program, which we're pretty, I imagine most of us are pretty gifted at. <laughs> if something's going wrong, beat it up. <laughs> That'll make it feel better. <laughs> You know, crazy, isn't it? That particular negative, destructive program. So, programs that end the program. One, I suppose, the first one I've really mentioned is what we might call taking refuge. It's a place, it's a time, it's a situation, it's a context, it's a a perception. It's actually not a building, but it's the perception of the building, what it means to you. It's a perception of the people, it's, it's what they mean to you, the feeling there's a group of us, there's a feeling of here we are again. That's the perception, it's the felt meaning that makes you feel uh, steady, reliable, uh, okay, allowed, you know, to be here, I'm okay with this, that, that perception. And that's what we really build up in practice on many levels, because perceptions are the are the triggers for programs perceptions are the triggers perceptions are felt meanings so you feel trusted that maybe touches into a program you start to feel a bit brighter and lighter and more easy in yourself you feel mistrusted, you tighten up you feel welcome you kind of relax you feel unwelcome, you bristle You feel you've got a lot of things to do, and you've got so many defilements to get rid of, and it's probably going to take you lifetimes. You panic. Uh, you say, all you're going to do is just take one breath at a time and let it go. You relax. You know? And you start to see what are the kind of perceptions that uh, you, you look for, that you encourage, that you bring to mind, that you, you sustain in your mind. Because this is the way, this is the, the, the road, the path. You know, the meditative path <coughs> out of the out of the negative programs. All programs are, you know, are triggered, and you get uh, the most uh, obvious levels are the ones that are triggered by particular immediate perceptions in the present moment. What we see, touch, hear, what it reminds us of, what it feels like in your own heart. <coughs> and as you know once you start to <coughs> withdraw the senses, so you come into your mind, then you get the mental perceptions. How am I today? And you know, something starts trawling through, doesn't it? Where, where do I feel good? Where do, and then you maybe start to snag or something that's bothering you. An incident, a memory, a thing you should do. And you can feel your kind of mind start to bristle or tighten up or speed up. You just hit a negative perception or an afflictive perception. That's all it was. You know. um, and then, you know, where, and then you're starting to train yourself to look, to not keep adding more to that, but start to look for where's the, um, where's the perception that counters that? The perception of trust, the perception of may I be well, the perception of breathing in, breathing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the perceptions that lead to calm. <clears throat> which is a you know, and you see that the calm itself is a, a quality that we incline towards 
uh, once you begin to really enter into your own space more fully it's pretty much uh, a natural thing to look for two fundamental qualities you know this is what hap- what we look for we look for stability steadiness a point a place to be a place to feel grounded and we look to feel good and you begin to acknowledge that really that's the basic program in our lives that's what we're always doing you know underneath it all you know you read a book to feel bright to feel inspired to feel interested to put something in that makes you feel a bit more warm or in, um, lifts your brain rhythms a bit or quiets them down a bit <laughs> adjust the system you know you take a hit of coffee or whatever to pick it up and then you put something in the evening to turn it down again and <laughs> switch it off and you know whatever but it's always looking for the what makes you feel good you know um, and of course what we do we do things that we feel we get a certain joy, a sense of satisfaction, a sense of job fulfillment, or having done the right thing, we get a feeling of happiness and well-being from that. We begin to recognize that the, the most useful ones, the ones you really have the most say over, are connected to what you do. Because sights and sounds are kind of pretty random, aren't they? The one you've most got most say over is what you do because you can do it and this is uh, so you get the particular feeling and the perception that arises from skillful intention (coughs) like what's it like when I'm honest what does that really feel like what's it like when uh, I am uh, generous what's that feel like what's it like when I am patient and these are things you can do so that the very perceptions that arise from intentional action and particularly mental action which is the basis of it all are the ones that gonna, you find are going to give you the longest lasting um, fulfilment and you can keep doing them and that's what we start to learn in meditation if you keep aiming not so much for the object of meditation but even for what it's about what it means for you what kind of efforts you bring into it so you realize if you're thinking okay I'll do mindfulness of breathing but you do it in a frantic way it doesn't work because the intention isn't right the volition isn't right the drive isn't right it's too too forceful it's too driven it's too anxious it's too grasping if you do it in a well maybe I'll get around to it someday you know then that doesn't quite get it either so it's a lot of meditation just about really learning in yourself what kind of feelings and perceptions arise based upon intention, based upon volition, based upon what you put into it once you get that you've found a very reliable um, basis for feeling good So, you know, your car breaks down, I can't fix the car, but I can be patient. I can turn it round, you know, or I can sit here and fume and get angry and upset and blame myself and, you know, curse the car and vow never to buy another one and say it was, it was his fault because he didn't put the whatever. Or I could just be patient, you know, and just develop that, you know. Or, you know, there are other things that come from that. Because once you've cut the 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 
negative formations and negative programs however you've cut it whether you've cut it through patience whether you've cut it through generosity whether you've cut it through just letting go relaxing immediately this opens your whole mind up to greater possibilities you start to, because you become free of this uh, constrictive effect of negative feelings and moods free of that kind of, of, of activity so you see how skillful intention good intention learning how you can do it is actually a very practical uh, means it's like if you get that piece of software going then the rest of the stuff that you're touching you're going to make the best out of yeah and it's going to keep you're going to keep in touch with what way where you really what's really making you tick and so this is something that you, as you learn it in meditation as you test it out in meditation it really is not a technique although a technique is, a technique is a useful place to learn to learn how your mind operates yeah. it's, not, it's not like switch the thing on switch the technique on and get me to Nibbana in a hurry please you know. <laughs> I paid good money for this technique <laughs> I made all kinds of vows I got a really fancy esoteric technique that really like a good job with chrome and fins on it you know. it doesn't really you know a technique can be very very simple in fact you know, just being present could be a te- your technique you know, just being being with your own body could be, but it's really using a technique so that it, it encourages you to develop the right kind of volition or intention, which is the basic do it energy of the mind. And do it doesn't have to be driven do it. It can be a subtle do it. It can be just like a whispering do it. It can be just a a, a stroking do it. It can be an opening do it. And, and as you begin to recognize in meditation the wonderful thing is that the mind has another direction apart from forwards and backwards (laughs) you know it's not just drive on or or go back the mind doesn't have to operate just in that it can open up you know rather than go forward me more 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 go back aversion 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 you know it can it can do neither greed nor aversion it can just kind of well let's open up and uh, that's that's the kind of um, you know results that you you can recognise in your mind when your intentions are really skillful. They're not even aimed at at getting what you want in terms of you know if, if I'm like if I'm really patient for a long time, will I eventually get what I want? That's not patience. If I patiently watch my breath for a long time, will, it, will that mean I get into samadhi? That's not patience. That's, that's doing a deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's marketing, you know. <laughs> and it doesn't work like that, you know, because you're still, still the mind is saying, well, what next? If I do this, what will I get? Yeah. And you've got to recognize that's a very standard program for the mind to fit into it. It's the wrong one. So that it means, means I don't get anything. No, that's the wrong program too. The program is you do this with a sense of just the immediacy of tuning in with uh, and really feeling the quality of what you're doing. The, the, the quality itself will speak for itself.
because you'll feel your mind start to open up once it lets go of the achievement failure success, failure, gain loss, praise, blame you know, which are the, this is the, what called the world yeah. that's all you've got to do is let go of the world <laughs> but the world of course is not a location, it's this particular uh, sangsaric habit that we get programmed into and um, you know need to be reminded to come out of that's what the sense of taking refuge is about really you know we start to open up to something bigger right now around us bigger than our thoughts bigger than our directions These open up and the mind can do that and the skillful use of intention is just to use it to that degree where you're not really aiming forward you're not pushing forward you're not hanging back you're finding this is what we call balance with balance immediately you come into balance the very sense of what balance means is you've got a center point and you can sense what's around you and there's no leaning into it and there's no pulling away from it that's what balance is isn't it you're aware of a space around you or something bigger than yourself and you can feel comfortable in that that's balance if you don't have that sense of something around you then you don't feel balanced you feel what's going on am I alright, should I be defended am I safe, am I comfortable so the other main principle is one of finding a still point or steadiness which we look for, we look for this in homes in um, routines in um, things we can rely upon and of course this, perhaps the slow learning that we get to is that most of it you can't rely on most of it you can't rely on you know, houses tend to break down get rot in them <laughs> You know, bodies tend to do that. <laughs> you know, systems do that. They ossify. They they become rigid. But then the opposite is that there's no there's no refuge. The refuge is actually always in the in finding your own balance. And it's it's uh, it's something you only know through practice. You only know through feeling the imbalances checking them out and knowing how you release yourself from an imbalance you can't hold balance balance occurs through letting go of the things you, you feel leaning towards, held by or driven by you let go of that, you come into balance and this is kind of like what we're playing with and experimenting with, learning with, underneath all the stories that go on in our minds that's the program of meditation that's, that's kind of the way I see it anyway and in learning that um, the Buddha 
says, well, you, you know, there's various things you can, ways you can steer this just to make it as quick as possible, as kind of as, 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 as uh, guided as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So look to things like um, how the mind operates, the, the, uh, the kind of operates, it's, it's connected to the outer senses, it's connected to sights and sounds and touches and it kind of clings to those, it sticks to those, or it gets held by those you know, it looks for the feel good in that, in what's seen, touched held and so forth or it looks for that in the absence of those you know, there shouldn't be any of this neither of those are really going to work mm. You can't, uh, you know, there's going to be this sense contact. You can kind of close it down, but you're going to come back to it again. So you've got to really make your peace with sense contact, where you just know, oh, this is sense contact. This is seeing, this is touching. And then what arises with that? The kind of the interest or the aversion or the worry or the fascination or the expectations or whatever. These uh, perceptions... Perceptions are the most um, are really the, the triggers of the mind. The mind by itself only listens and feeds on perceptions and feelings. It doesn't actually feed upon sights and sounds. It feeds upon the perceptions and feelings that arise from those. If it doesn't find them out there, it finds them in its own thoughts and its own moods. Mm. Yeah. So he's saying, but actually, can you find any, any perception in your mind, any that actually stays still and steady? And there's a there's a whole range. The Buddha goes through some pretty refined territory. There's all the uh, jhanas, are subtle perceptions. You can make perception extremely subtle. Perception of infinite space and nothingness, and neither perception nor non-perception. He said, but none of this, none of this is going to be of lasting value. It's interesting. So the Buddha presents the whole range from the most kind of fundamental bottom line stuff like earth, fire, air and water, right up to the most attenuated stuff. And it says, you know, you can do this. And maybe it's useful to do this just to recognize that it wasn't just because you got a, a rotten perception. You can have the best perception that's going and it still won't stand up. <laughs> you know, it's not that you just got a raw deal. And you could get, you know, if you've got some good ones, they 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 do you good. So sometimes you you know, being able to change your perceptual world from um, the more tightly bound stuff of sense consciousness to the more refined stuff of the mind consciousness of jhana gives you that that realization of you you don't have to be locked into those perceptions, and you can have these. And yet, finally, the the, the whole teaching is saying even this review this, look at this and recognize this has come around it's been generated it's subject to breaking up or change there's nothing there's nothing stable in this and in that knowing is, is that's the point of balance the knowing that knowing that there's nothing in this that's the point of balance that's the point, it's like a continual quality of abandonment and you see how the process of meditation is encour- just this encouragement to, to experience abandonment in a, 
of, in a in a in a agreeable way. Because it's not the most uh, exciting word. You know, you know, let's go out tonight and abandon some passion. <laughs> wow, great! You know. right. No, I think I'll stay at home and watch the paint dry instead. <laughs> Let's practice some dispassion together. (laughs) You wonder why the the Buddha put it like that. Because actually these rather chilling terms are actually very straight. They're saying what can be said. They're saying what can be said about the nature of intention. It's that intention to abandon. It doesn't tell you what that result of that is because that you can't get words around that you know so just just try it see what happens see what it feels like find out for yourself you start off just kind of developing some some detachments and dispassion around things you really know are, are, are doing you in you know some thought patterns you know. and through that you begin to get in touch with the really um, strong stuff you know, as we recognise as you meditate as you meditate life gets better then it gets worse <laughs> you know you thought you had a few stray thoughts and you maybe sort that out and that would be the end of that and you get through the stray thoughts and you thought wow there's some big stuff underneath you know the stray thoughts are just keeping you out of <laughs> and you wish you could go back to sleep again So, you know, meditation is this... Uh, the, you know, if you learn, you know, to look the dragon in the eye, uh, this too is just a perception to be abandoned. The fear, the guilt, the worry, you know, negativity, feeling of, of hopelessness or feeling of overwhelm is something to be... is not actually um, a permanent statement of your identity just like me is the, re- is the thing to remember just like other people it's like this and um, you know then it's, it's how we do that and you learn how you do that from just really dealing with the graduated process of how do you deal with um, you know fairly innocuous stuff like the, just the trivial thought you know, how, do you, how do you develop abandonment around that and you know this is really good to to really study this how it happens because when the mind is is used to gain and loss having and getting rid of it tends to operate like that get rid of what I don't like you know so bat those thoughts you know and you see if you do that just how um, difficult your meditation practice gets and you realize there's another there's another mode and you realize that the mode of opening is actually the mode of abandonment it's the mode whereby you don't take up um, a cudgel to your thoughts you don't jump somewhere else you don't run off into another area you stay where you are and you just um, get bigger than them you listen to them with compassion maybe 
you see them for what they are or you empty them into your body and the kind of the, the four step program <laughs> that I'd, rec- I'd really recommend for, for the whole meditative process is empty your thoughts into your emotions empty your emotions into your body empty your body into the elements empty the elements into emptying yeah. so empty your thoughts into your emotions it means when you're getting a lot of thinking going rather than pick up more topics about uh, or thinking about your thinking just emptying means what's the emotion behind this what's the dominant emotion you could the impulse is it just um, jittery restless uh, hostile grudging uh, excited doesn't it, you know without making any more commentary just to know the emotional wave that this stuff is riding on call it emotion um, and then the intention that practices with an emotion you know, because you realize that intention itself carries an emotional charge so if you start getting hostile about your anger it's get, you very, get a very clear feedback yeah. you start getting negative about your negativity you get a very instant feedback this is why it's really helpful to just empty your thoughts into your emotions because you get a much clearer feedback than when you, when you stay at the level of thought this is why drop, passing through thoughts why the level of practice taking you to the first jhana is considered adequate because once you've, once you've learned what happens in this you've learned actually the main blueprint for awakening just in learning how to bring thoughts to an end without hostility, without aversion, without suppression because you've, in that you've learned the skills or you've touched into the skills of abandonment that's the only thing and you abandon it by dropping it into, you begin to open it empty into your emotion that is what's the underlying underneath all this stuff you know oh it's the kind of hunger I want I want I want okay okay you get to the the sense of the the, the, the wanting to fill up the wanting to have or the controlling I want to make sure that this is going to work on time this is going to you get to that kind of anxious sense so you're thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow or how, you, how this is going to work or what you should prepare for your aunt's birthday or how you're going to meditate you know <laughs> I don't know how many meditation periods one spends thinking about how to meditate you know how to get it right the controlling so you get to these kind of this is anxiety very basic stuff anxiety uh, wanting greed craving grudge aversion, aversion to yourself, aversion to it, just the fundamental kind of negative state can't do empty your emotions into your body um, it's perhaps unusual in the western way of looking at things to, to, to really understand that your emotions are embodied you know we tend to take a very radical um, division between 
mind that's kind of purely immaterial psychological stuff up in the air you know and then the body meat bag you know <laughs> walks around meat bag sits down you know and then you drop it and you go into your airspace you know you switch on the thing and then you, you know, to recognize actually uh, in, but in Buddha Dharma the body and mind correlate they're not actually separate as you will recognize once you really get a, a grab get a feeling what like intense emotion you certainly feel it obviously in your body you feel very happy you know you feel kind of fluttering and warm and joyful you feel angry you feel a flush of rage you feel fear you feel a kind of bristling of fear so emotions are actually fundamental almost like um, chemical you know chemicals start these neurohormones start pumping one way or another and you get particular effects the mind reads that and comes up with an emotion mm. which you recognize yeah. Yeah. sometimes one doesn't quite get it right you know it's interesting when you get these mixtures which are sort of go from you know uh, like people go on these um, um, helter skelter things or roller coasters because it's frightening and joyful at the same time Somehow the sense of the, the precipitous quality of it can, can go one way or another. You know, why people pay, go and pay money to watch a horror film and get frightened sick. <laughs> There's something about the edginess that can go one way or another. You know, the body, you, your mind can read it one way or another. Uh, so, but the, the fundamental basis of the emotions is, is in the body. So emptying your, emptying your emotions into your body, emptying your, your is like feeling the bodily sense like you maybe you feel it up in your throat for example or you feel it in your chest you feel it which parts of your body seem most alive when you come to the part that seems most charged with that particular emotion and you widen you widen your sphere of where you breathe through it I'm sure you must have been told this many times but you know one of the uh, kind of fundamental practices of meditation is how to suffuse you know you can get to a holder point as that having stabilized around the point either practice loving kindness heart meditations are about suffusing the entire being calming meditations are about suffusing the entire body it's the sense of really spreading and this is exactly what you do you know, when you get to when you know that and you feel where you feel tight or aroused or charged or sunk or hurt or compacted get to that place and you start to widen your awareness through your whole body and just doing that without any kind of further input apart from a general sense of allowance and kindness and friendliness that kind of basic sense it gives the, the emotion the, the emotional energy a place to run, it sort of discharges so you get a sense of hey it went without aversion, it went without suppression it went without avoidance, it went through being fully aware and actually just opening, opening your awareness and it's that gesture that I'm doing with my hands that you, you realise this is, this is the mudra this is the gesture of awakening it's uh, coming out of the particular program into the wider sense and then the program just runs down 
And you notice with uh, the really afflictive programs, afflictive impulses, afflicted stuff that you've heard a hundred times in your mind, you felt pumping through that grudge running through your mind yet again, you know, the golden oldie. Uh, <laughs> so you think, why am I doing this yet again, you know? Uh, and you, you know, how it really needs to be uh, fully listened to, or, uh, but in a dispassionate way. And the, it's the body that does that. You listen to it in your body, you feel it in your body, and you let your body open up. And that's how you empty the, the emotional charge into the body sense. Mm-hmm. And when we consider what is a body anyway, you know, how do you know you have one? When you look around, you think you see bodies, don't you? Mm-hmm. Probably. You don't see bodies. <laughs> you see forms. You see shapes. You see things that remind you of bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see pictures. You see visual things. When you, how do you know your own body? Yeah. Buddha said it's very simple. You've got basically warmth or coolness, degrees of warmth degrees of pressure like resistance pressure the sense of solidity degrees of um, movement, vibration, rhythm pulse pressure that kind of pushes rather than pressure that resists and you have a sense of things flowing flowing together, things being cohesive things being connected these are the four elements so as you feel this, and this is very good for working with pain, rather than pain in my leg, just feel fire running of fire or a grinding of rocks <laughs> whatever your particular pain is like and just doing that actually has a, a very helpful effect because at that level of feeling the body in this elemental way you let go of the you immediately come out of the sense of, uh, of um, distance you know that occurs when we just interpret our bodies we think about our bodies you get right to the point of where the body is actually being intimately subjectively experienced I don't know what to do about you know whatever this complicated disease one may be having or affliction but I know what to do with fire yeah I just open and send this intention of calming, cooling, receiving you know, I don't put any more heat into that I don't have to do with the feeling of friction I let my mind get very soft and loose and spacious with that so it's how you empty you know, these uh, res- 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 afflictions in, you know, in body and mind into the elements once you begin to realise that and you see this whole process you start to trust the very process of abandonment itself you know, like so many occasions, instances that come up, the first response, if you're not just jumping into a program of what you think you should do, or what you ought to do, or what you think other people are doing, is, I don't know. I don't know, it's probably the most honest statement <laughs> for the present moment. If you already knew it, it wouldn't be the present moment, would it? It would be... <laughs> you know? 
it would be something you'd already remember or something you'd anticipated the present, the reality of the present is always, surely I don't know but I'll listen and so it's that, that's the abandonment and you so you you see see that move, which is something you can trust, because out of that your mind starts to open have initiative uh, really respond to what's actually going on, rather than run another set of programs So abandonment leads to the unprogrammed. The unprogrammed, the Buddha called the unconditioned, the asankata, uh, the thing you can never name or know, uh, the thing in a way that's the most obvious statement you could ever make. Really, I, I don't know is probably the most obvious statement that you could make. Are you willing to make it? Hmm? And then you see what what is it that prevents us from making that statement? Is it fear? I don't trust what I don't know. I don't trust what I haven't got programmed. I don't trust something outside the structure. I feel uncertain. And it's exactly, you know, just lifting yourself over that edge is uh, the courage, the faith that is the essential part of our practice. And in fact, it's the quality that is probably always the leading edge of what brought you here what keeps you here what takes you past those moments when you think oh I can't do this <laughs> you can't do it that's good it means you can't run a program why don't you just let yourself not know for 10 seconds see what happens So the beauty of the unprogrammed, the unconditioned, is it's vast, it's resourceful, it's always present. Mm-hmm. You can always go back to it. It'll be there when your thinking process starts to degenerate. <coughs> It'll be right there for you. <laughs> so we might as well get used to trusting it now, <laughs> as the spaces between the thoughts get bigger and bigger. <laughs> Yeah. And if you just, you know, trusting it in t- these tiny increments, you get to the, the, you get to that real learning. That's the bit that most fundamentally keeps you awake. You can trust it. Mm. 